is the last, uh, the, the, the sum up uh, um, uh, series in our series of the anxiety antidote. We've talked about a lot of things. We've given you um, uh, a lot of handouts and a lot of tools um, to use. And um, I want to summarize the entire series that we've been doing. If you've missed a few weeks or if, uh, if there's parts that you haven't quite caught, um, I, I want to summarize it all for you. Um, in one three-letter word, and that word is yes. Before we get started, um, with all the little kerfuffle of the screens not working and this and that, I kind of need a little de-stressor. So I learned something um, fortuitously, sort of through uh, my previous profession and also through, um, also, uh, through like physical exercise and so on, that there's one very simple maneuver that helps to, helps to relax. And I want us to do it 20 times. I know it sounds a little obsessive. It's very, very complicated, so please pay very careful attention. You're gonna look up and then bring your chin down to your chest and then look back straight forward again. It's otherwise called a nod. It's otherwise known as a way of saying yes. I want you to just do this with me 20 times. I need it, do it for me, okay? 20 times on my count, and in your head, just say yes each time. In your head, because it'll get really noisy otherwise. Ready? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Sorry if anyone has any neck issues, I, I should have said, said that in advance. You can just take your coffee and go, I guess. <laughs> just kidding. So... There was this movie that came out a while ago with Jim Carrey called The Yes Man, right? And uh, not that I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan, but nonetheless, um, uh, right, there's something about saying yes. Uh, there's a famous uh, sentence that, that uh, has been coined uh, by Janet Zuckerman, uh, somebody big in the psychology world and positive thinking world, who says, say yes to your universe. And it begs the question, if I'm saying yes, who or what am I saying yes to? The word yes, if we were to look it up in the dictionary, has like a very simple de de definition. It, it is an affirmative response, right? Usually used um, addressing uh, someone or to attract, some, to attract attention, right? Um, or it's answering a decision. If there's a decision being made, it's saying yes. The reality is, is that every day, every moment, we are making a decision. You are making a decision. You're either making a decision of approval or disapproval. You're either making a decision to accept what is happening around you or to not accept it. And the reality is, is that whether I accept it or I don't accept it, a whole lot of things in this life are gonna happen anyways. If I accept them, then I have an opportunity, I have an opportunity to figure out what I want to do with them. As we mentioned in previous series, there's gonna be little bits and pieces of all the things we've talked about so far, right? You don't really necessarily control what happens in life, but you certainly do control how, what you do with it, right? And 
um, taking control and taking responsibility for how I choose to experience life is one of the first and major steps right, of um, redirecting my life in a positive direction. I have a friend, um, and I've, I've um, uh, changed the name because you, you may, may or cross paths with him at some point, um, who's a, just a remarkable, remarkable person. He's a few years younger than me, has a neurodegenerative disease. I've named him George here, but obviously his name is different um, than that. And um, he is just such a, a remarkable person. Um, he used to live in a different town than me, not too far away. And uh, we'd talk on the phone about uh, service and church and the youth and what's going on and what problems are coming up and so on. And um, I'd tell him, wouldn't it be great if we could do this and this or that? And he'd say, well, let's do it. Um, part of his neurodegenerative disease, it gets worse and worse every year. I used to visit him every year. I haven't visited him for a few years now. But um, and every year I could notice a deterioration. Um, it, it got to a point where um, um, one side was much weaker than the other, so he, he can't really answer the phone uh, anymore. What he does uh, with his dominant hand, which is his right hand, which is his weaker hand, right? And so what he does is he answers the phone with his left hand, and then he picks the phone up with his left hand and he puts it on his shoulder and then he just kind of like, like nudges it like that. He's come up with a whole bunch of ways to adapt, to be able to do things. But the most remarkable thing about my friend, George, is that I would always be the one saying, wouldn't it be great if we could? And he would always be the one saying, let's do it, right? Why not? And his speaking to him without having met him, the first time I spoke to him, I was, really, I was really expecting to meet somebody completely different. And the amount of adaptations, the amount of things that he's been able to do to get over his disability, to kind of go around, his, to circumvent his disability, is fantastic. But it all goes back to his disposition. His disposition is, yes, I can. Like, okay, we're not going to let that stop us. So what are we going to do? So how are we going to fix this? So, right? I'll tell you something, a little confession. A little confession between you and me. Whenever I call customer service people or something on the phone, and they tell me, no, we can't do that, right? I almost have like an explosion, right? And I try to keep it in and I try to, I try to contain myself, right? Because there's no such thing... There's no such thing as, no, I can't. There's no, I don't want to. There's no, that's, that we, we, we don't do that. Our business doesn't do that or whatever. But there's always a solution. There's always some kind of solution. The thing about accepting to, 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 to think this way is that we need to think this way across all the planes of our life, including pain. And what I'm saying about saying yes saying yes to all these opportunities and saying yes to, to all the good things in life, it's also saying yes to pain. I'm going to uh, illustrate my point more clearly, right? If you are a yes person, right? If you are a yes person, you end up accumulating a lot of friends. This is just as an example, right? And um, eventually, you know, there's only 24 hours a day and you have limited energy and so on. And there's other things that you want to do given, that's, that's great, right? So you end up having to say no. If you have a lot of friends, you're going to also end up saying a lot of 
goodbyes. And that's sort of part of it. It's part of, part of, having, part of having a lot of friends, part of loving a lot of people. Part of having a very full life is that you're going to also mourn the loss of a lot of things. But does that, if you say that to a yes person, if you say that to my friend George, or if you say, if you say that to him, right, you know, is that person going to say, well, I guess, you know what, I guess I'm just not going to make any more friends, right? I've got, I've got enough friends, you know, and that's good enough for me. And, I, I, you know, of course not, right? The fact, the fact that pain is part of life, right, isn't a reason for us to stop saying yes to things. In fact, what we, I need to do is actually to say yes to everything, including the pain. When pain comes into my life, that I don't have control over, right? Then I say yes. I accept that as well. Whatever your background is or, or faith belief system is or whatever, whatever reason, rationale you have to be able to say yes, but you have an option. You have an option. You can suppress that pain. You can push it away. You can put it in a little box and tuck it under the bed and hope it never comes out again. And in all likelihood, in all likelihood it will. Right? So part of saying yes is saying yes to everything. Saying yes to the, the, the good things and the fun things in life and saying yes to the pain as well. And that yes, just saying yes, the fact that I'm willing to accept it is transformative. It changes how I deal with it. It changes my relationship to it. My favorite movie of all time, I'm going to like date myself, came out I think in like 1998. Oh my god, some of you probably weren't born for sure. Some of you weren't even born back then. It came out in Italian called La Vita e Bella or otherwise known as Life is Beautiful with Roberto Benigni, right? And it's this story about this guy who is madly in love with this woman, right? And he marries her. And, uh, and they have this splendid, beautiful life. Everything they do is beautiful, right? Um, and he works in a restaurant. And he's like his uncle's restaurant. He's com completely unsuccessful, right? By like the world's measures, right? Uh, but he's just enjoying life. And they have a little boy, and every time he comes home, he runs into the house. I still do this sometimes. He flings open the doors and goes, Buongiorno, principessa, to his wife. And, right? So I still do that to Mary. Sometimes you want to tease her, you can do that to her. And then the little boy learns from his dad, so he runs into the house and he goes up to his mom and goes, Buongiorno, principessa. Right? And it's so lovely and it's so beautiful. And their life is beautiful. They're living. Simply, poor, an unskilled worker, but they're living beautifully. And the Second World War happens, and he's Jewish. And they get taken, him, his uncle, his son, go off to one camp, and his wife to another. And his son is with him throughout the whole movie. And I won't ruin the movie for you and sort of what happens in the movie, right? But he, like, here's his, like, he can't, I don't know, I can't remember, like, four-year-old, five-year-old son with him in a concentration camp and he convinces his son and they take him on the son's birthday. On the son's birthday, they get taken away to, to the concentration camp or something like that. He convinces him that this is a birthday party, 
This was a surprise. The whole thing was a surprise birthday party. I'm not sure about lying to your children and how good of an idea that is and all of that. But the point is, and he turns the whole thing into a game, right? And then, like, whoever eats the least, because they weren't giving them any food and they're, like, starving, whoever eats the least gets points. And whoever does this and does their work on time comes home and gets points and, and so on. And so the little boy goes through the whole concentration camp experience thinking it's a game and like sort of playing the game. And his father continues to be creative, trying to shelter him from, from the, 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 horrid, uh, the horrid reality. The story ends relatively happily um, in the end. But the, the point is, the point is he doesn't reject, he doesn't reject his horrific reality. He doesn't push it away and say, I, this is, I just can't deal, this is not for me, I just can't deal with this. He says, yes. So we say yes to the good things in life, say yes to the opportunities. Doesn't mean you're gonna do them, but you're just saying yes, you're accepting them, right? Say, say yes, say yes to the pain. And marvelous things, earth-shattering things, things that doc, get documented as an event of the century or event of the millennia happen when you say yes, particularly to pain. I'll talk about just two people, um, Father Arseni, um, in the concentration camps as well in Russia. Marvelous, marvelous story. If you, if you like to read biographies, if you like to read, if you don't really like to read, but you wish you did like to read, pick up this book, okay? It's just a story, so it, it flows really nicely. And the ex spiritual experiences he has in 40 below zero in a Siberian concentration camp are beyond imagination. Hundreds Thousands of people have said, I met God through this person or that person in a concentration camp. Another person I'll just mention, just to give you examples, you know, resources you can look into, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, also in the Second World War, was a, a German Lutheran uh, pastor, was a lawyer, became, became a pastor before the World War, and then he was convinced that this wasn't right and that he had to speak up, so he spoke up against against the Nazis and he harbored Jews and then eventually he got caught and he got, uh, he got um, taken away to the camps as well and he also died as a martyr, right? These were heroes in the depths of hell itself. You know, they sound, these people sound larger than life and when I talk about them, I often think to myself, yeah, but like, I'm never going to do something like that and maybe I won't. Maybe God will give me never to see like the abyss of hell on earth in concentration camps and war and the like. But each one of us, each one of us has our own, our own experiences, be they good or bad. And we have the opportunity, the option, the choice to say yes. And that choice is the ultimate expression of our freedom. The ultimate expression of our freedom is to embrace whatever comes our way. You don't have to. You can, you can reject it. You can pretend like it's not happening. You can turn your face. You can walk away. You can say this just isn't happening and so on. It will blow over. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Right? But the ultimate expression of faith is, is accepting suffering, is accepting pain, is saying yes. In the litany of the fifth hour in the book of hours, it says that the Lord Jesus Christ was joy to go, joyed to go up on the cross. It says, for the joy that was set before him, he went up on the cross. 
don't ask me to explain that. I can give you maybe a few analogies or something, but really, really, it's beyond, it's beyond me. I was surprised in secular books to find um, the term carried across is actually something that's crept into secular literature. This idea of having a burden, which is not of your choosing, but is not something that you're going to easily get rid of either. It's something in your life, and it's just going to be there whether you like it or not, right? The act of accepting it as being carrying your cross is even acknowledged, even acknowledged in secular literature. These aren't religious concepts, is what I mean to say, but they do definitely may have their roots or are clearly reflected in in Christianity, and sincerely, they are very much related to humanity as a whole, of which God himself became fully human and fully divine. Saying yes is seeing possibility of change. Saying yes is saying yes, but. Jesus says yes to the cross, knowing that through it is the path to the resurrection. Knowing that if we chose death, he chooses death with us. He refuses to let us go. He says, yes, I wish to be with you even in death. Most of you who have asked me a question about something at church, Father John, can we do this or can we do that? You know, my, my answer to almost every yes or no question is, the answer is yes. The question is how? The, question, the answer is, the question isn't how, you know, uh, uh, do I accept or not accept the suffering in my life, but how am I going to deal with it? And that's something that we talked about before. I want to just mention a few really simple things about this yes method before we wrap up. Um, so the first thing is to have an awareness. Have an awareness of myself, have an awareness of my emotions, have an awareness of how I feel towards what's happening to me. Sometimes life is so quick, we don't really have time to think about, like, all I know is I really don't like this, but I haven't th sat, thought about why. What, are, what, what bothers me about this situation, right? And then, honestly, this 20 nod thing is fantastic. I used to do it uh, when I was stuck doing an operation with a surgeon I really don't like, and I'm stuck with them for three hours or something. I would just stand there going like this, you know? And it just makes you feel so much better. It loosens up all the, the muscles in your neck and in your shoulders, and all the physiotherapists and chiropractors in the room can tell us a little bit more about that. But really, really, it's a great method to just relax, right? To just take a deep breath. And realize that I have a choice to face whatever is coming to me, however I wish to do it. The third thing is to look for value. Okay, in this situation that seems like a big mess, is there anything valuable? Like, I can just throw this situation in the garbage, but I'm at risk of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? I'm at risk of throwing out something incredibly precious. What I've realized in suffering is God is incredibly economical. God will not allow you to experience the depths of suffering for longer than necessary for you to learn what, what, he, what he really wants you to learn to bring you to the kingdom. And that thing is more valuable than the suffering with, with what, which you suffered even in your own eyes outside of time. Like me, 20 years from now, will look back at that and say it was worth it, right? 
I don't know if I'd go back and do that again, but certainly, certainly, certainly it was worth it. God is incredibly economical. God will not allow you to suffer more than necessary, and there's tons of scripture around that. So there's value. There is incredible value even in suffering. And the fourth thing is to try to be, to try to be patient. This, uh, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that I had it broken down like this, but this is exactly how I deal with traffic. In college, uh, or university, early university, when I started driving uh, from the suburbs into the city, and I'd get caught in traffic sometimes, I decided that I was going to leave early um, and avoid the traffic. But if I didn't, if I slept in, if something delayed me, if whatever, and I got caught in traffic, I decided that as soon as I get caught in traffic, I, put, I have a, a, a protocol, right? This is the John Boutros protocol for traffic. You don't have to do it, right? But it's just an illustration of this method, right? Realize that I'm caught in traffic and my immediate, my immediate reflex is to try to weave in the lanes and be that really annoying guy that almost hits you four times and is, ends up still behind you, right? I'm that guy, right? So I have to realize I'm in traffic. Don't change lanes. So I, that's the first rule. Don't change lanes. Get into the right lane. It's usually the fastest in highway traffic and just stay there. Okay. That's rule number one. Rule number two, either get some good music going or get somebody on the phone that you really want to talk to. But I should be driving in at like 630 in the morning. So I'm not going to call anybody at that time. So I get some good music on, right? And the third thing is enjoy. Just realize that like I'm here, I'm alone. I'm never alone. Right? I'm by myself. There's no one to talk to. This is amazing. Right? This is fantastic. Even as a, even as like a early 20 year old, I was a social butterfly. Right? So it's always with people and always talking to people and always with people. So it was nice to just have like, now I've just got an extra half hour of, you know, and the, the last thing is be patient. Right? Just realize it's going to take a little bit more time. If you need to call somebody, let them know you're going to be late. Call them, let them know you're going to be late. You're going to be late anyways, whether I weave through the lanes and drive myself and everybody else crazy, or I just sit there and enjoy, right? I'm still going to be late. So pick up the phone call, whoever it is, you know, and use your hands-free thing, whatever the laws are, right? But, you know, and let them know you're going to be late and then enjoy, enjoy. And sometimes I confess, I'd even get to where I was going. And if I told them, okay, I'm going to arrive at like 7.30 instead of 7.15 and I arrived at like 7.28, I just sit there for an extra two minutes. I'm like, la, happy. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to say it. My right. It's my right to enjoy. I have two more minutes left of enjoyment, and I'm going to enjoy them, right? If I have to drive through traffic, and I, you know, I'm enjoying my last two minutes because they're mine, right? Why, why, who goes to work? Who, go, who goes to work early and starts work, right, if you don't have to? Right? So I do actually. I used to go to work an hour earlier, but that's another story, right? So <coughs> just, just, it's just a method, right? But this idea of nodding yes, looking for the value. Where, where could the value be in this experience? The reality is it's your choice. It's my choice. You can say no, right? But the word, just the word no builds tension in my neck. Just the word no starts to give me a tension headache, right? The word yes, right? We're, uh, you know, I can't help, um, but we try to make the series very practical, but not very religious, but I just can't help myself. Um, seeing as we're in uh, the fast of Advent, I'll conclude with this one thought. 
All of creation since the beginning of times has said no to God. Don't eat from the tree. No. You know, don't build a tower to heaven. No. Right? Get on the ark. No. Right? God gives the uh, people of Israel Ten Commandments and a whole bunch of others. No. And they break them all. And they worship idols. No. No, 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 no through all creation. Until finally one young woman comes. One young girl comes. And the angel appears to her and says to her, Will the son, can the son be born from you? And she says, yes. She is the one who has changed the course of our humanity and made it possible for all of us to say yes. So we spend the, the coming month contemplating and praising St. Mary, the Theotokos, the God-bearer, for having said yes. Let us learn from her example by her prayers and yours and become yes people, become a yes man, become a yes woman. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.